As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special breaking news edition here at Post Wrestling and WrestleNomics. I am John Pollock, joined by Brandon Thurston, because the Wall Street Journal has just dropped their latest report on Vince McMahon and a lot more to dive into. I thought that this was uh, very significant, uh, what was uh, reported earlier today. And uh, Brandon, I went from uh, taking my daughter to toddler time and uh, coming home and then seeing what what was going on in the wrestling world. And uh, here we are about an hour later as we sit down for this uh, breaking news edition. Yes. Yeah, so did, did the folks at, at Toddler Time uh, update you on, on the situation? No, no. We were all singing Baby Shark, and little did we know that really? the, um, the, the larger shark, uh, Vince McMahon, was going to be at the center of yet another Wall Street Journal uh, reporting here from uh, Joe Palazzolo and uh, Ted Mann, who might be the most uh, the most famous – um, wrestling adjacent reporter that has less than 200 followers on Twitter. I think, I think Ted Mann, he, he certainly deserves a signal boost for his work this year in the wrestling space. Yes. Yeah. Um, so th- this, the story that, that, uh, they just posted this, uh, this morning, I guess, or this afternoon, uh, two, two big pieces that I see from it is that there's a new allegation to the media about, uh, the, the lawyer for, presumably a, a woman uh, who is a manager of a spa in, in California um, is, is alleging that Vince McMahon sexually assaulted her. Uh, Rita Chatterton, the former referee from the eighties is looking for an, more than an $11 million settlement. Uh, sounds like there's been communication between Vince's lawyer, Jeremy McDivitt and those parties. And Vince McMahon is looking to make a comeback. He thinks that, this uh, that he got bad advice from people close to him is the wording used in the journal, and that uh, if he thinks now if he would have just uh, tried to get past it, this all would have blown over. Which sounds more like the uh, the Vince McMahon that I, I I thought I was familiar with. In fact, I'm just I'm saying someone I I'm kind of surprised that he resigned in the in the first place, which is something I've said over the last few months. Um, I was surprised that he would ever back down uh, from from allegations and controversy yeah i mean when you look back at it and this has been um you know when you look at just um stories like this i mean it's it's an interesting space that vince mcmahon occupies in the sports and entertainment realm and it's a really sad commentary i can't necessarily say that that he is wrong that he could have weathered this storm and and just gone through it like where how pressing was Vince McMahon in terms of uh, attention from people 
after the announcement of his resignation. Now, part of that might have been part and parcel, the fact that he has stepped down and that was going to take the heat off. Um, but, but it's hard to say, but that is certainly going to be, um, a, an area of focus. But I do feel like the headline here is the fact that we have yet another allegation. When I saw the words uh, spa on there, I'm immediately right. going to the, the, the Tanzibar one. I was like, no, yep. this is a separate incident from 2011 that is alleged and is quite the, uh, quite the story here. Um, according to the Wall Street Journal's reporting that, um, you know, this spa manager who is not named, uh, did report it to the resort that she worked in at the time and informed her husband. And I guess there was a WWE show in town, which is why Vince McMahon was at the spa. And then the husband, showed up allegedly at this WWE event with a baseball bat to confront Vince McMahon and was turned away. And I'm like, it's just such a wild story that you're amazed that this did not get any kind of um, spotlight at, at all of, you know, right. a, someone showing up with a baseball bat at a wrestling event. I mean, it's, um, it, it's just one of those stories that, I mean, um, it, it, it's certainly um, a wild one. And it says she reported it at the time. Uh, it, it doesn't say whether that's to the police or, or what, what exactly that means. I, I, they said I reported it to the resort at the time. The resort. Yeah. Yeah. So that – in fact, when I, when I read that that paragraph about the spa and it said California, I was almost like, did they make a mistake here? Because the, the Tanzibar allegation is in Florida. Right. Um, but yes, that of, of the known, I suppose, allegations against Vince McMahon for sexual misconduct, I've got the, the four that were related to the original Wall Street Journal reporting, plus Rita Chatterton, plus the Tanzibar, plus this one. I believe that that brings it to seven that we know of. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, when there's... When you've been accused of, of uh, sexual misconduct once or twice, the, the likelihood that uh, you have... Uh, the likelihood that there will be other allegations does does mount. And just even having like multiple allegations in a similar location, like in these 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 spas. I mean, it's just it's um, like like you're seeing patterns here on, the pattern on top of behavior. It. Yeah, there's um, there's similarities between there's similarities between the the allegation of of, of coerced oral sex. Uh, towards a talent and and some of the, the you know the, the recounting of uh, of the limousine story from Rita Chatterton in, in terms of you know you know Vince sort of dangling that he would you know help you with your career also uh, brought up in this is of course Rita Chatterton that that we have you know dis- discussed and you know she had come forward in 1992 after her parents had passed away and and shared the story of an alleged rape that took place in July of 1986 and years later a lawsuit was filed by the McMahons against Chatterton, Geraldo Rivera, their producer, production partners and David Schultz who is not named in this Wall Street Journal report but is the wrestler that is being uh, referred to here for civil conspiracy where the McMahons believed that the defendants performed numerous tortious acts with the intent of inflicting severe emotional distress upon the plaintiffs and defended why they stopped using Chatterton as due to performance-related issues and alleged that Schultz contacted Chatterton to fabricate a story that McMahon had raped her and Chatterton conspired with Schultz with the two making a recording. The suit claimed that Chatterton's representatives demanded $5 million and in turn would waive the right to speak out on the allegations and the McMahons were seeking damages and eventually the lawsuit went nowhere and it just got dropped and, uh, you know, that, um, 
you know, the, the WWE side, or at least Jerry McDivitt side was stating that they were getting ready for the steroid trial and they had to put all of their resources towards there, but never uh, pursued that. But that was brought up again in the Wall Street Journal report of, and it sounds like just a defiance by McMahon that he is unwilling to pay these two um, what they are seeking, the $11.75 million for Chatterton and an unnamed amount that obviously this, this woman in California is seeking as well. Right. And, and there's new laws in, in New York and California that I believe allow uh, alleged sexual assault victims to to seek, I don't know if it's, if it's civil settlements. Um, the file suits that. that, yeah, would have otherwise been barred by the statute of limitations. So they, they aren't bound by a certain timeline of what, when these allegations occurred, which, I mean, you're, you're talking about for Rita Chatterton, like 37 years almost. And with even, even the, the un- new uncovered allegation, we're talking about, uh, over, over a decade as well, 12 yeah. years, roughly. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I mean, again, it, it paints like just, just such a, uh, terrible picture, I think, of Vince McMahon. And yet it seems he is, um, I mean, what, what really does, jump out here beyond just the new allegation and more potential um, settlements that that could be necessary is the fact that he believes he is Teflon through all of this and wants to stage a comeback to WWE, which would be, you know, our first indication of of a power play involving your largest shareholder with the current board of directors and new management of this company instead of just Everybody is moving on and we're going to be uh, overly respectful to the Vince McMahon legacy and he's going to quietly move on. Like this would suggest the opposite, Brandon, of some kind of power play uh, involving Vince McMahon, who, despite not holding a title, is still your largest shareholder in the company and does have does have power in this company. He has the majority of the of the votes. See, he has about one of all the shares but but wwe was started with preferred stock which gives each one of his votes 10 times voting power versus uh common stock stephanie has some of this stock but she has a far uh, smaller percentage of it he owns about 80 percent of the votes so any it, it leaves a lot of speculation i've got many, many messages out to many lawyers uh this afternoon asking what their thoughts are on how feasible it would be be for Vince to come back. There's a shareholders meeting usually every April. I, I guess he could appoint a new board that would uh, reappoint him as CEO. Assuming the board won't. Um, and I think if if Vince came back, it would be at especially if he came back at the next board meeting. Let's say he would be it would it would be at great PR cost. I would think. Um, maybe at shareholder cost. Shareholders seem to be pretty happy with how things are going without Vince McMahon, and that's definitely a narrative that WWE itself has helped put out there. Um, but if he did come back, I would think it would be at great PR cost ahead of WWE having to make new TV deals uh, sometime next year. I, I think uh, it would be the worst time imaginable to try and put, like, you just read this report, and we're going to install this guy as the as the front facing right. executive of our company, as we are going into th- the biggest negotiations of the company's history. Um, 
it's it i i guess maybe it could happen but it would be it would be at great cost and it would be vince regaining control well he has sense, but regaining the, uh, the ceo seat at a at a with a company that's very much weakened um it, there's comments that stephanie made on the last earnings call and comments that stephanie made, made at the wells fargo uh talk about how they had what, what's the word they like to use a pause in in their uh, advertiser sales Apparently, because of of this controversy, this story that uh, was reported on throughout the summer, um, but I think it, it raises a lot of questions too about just just what happened uh, this past summer that led to Vince McMahon deciding that he would resign, which is a surprise to me. Uh, and it sort of it, it I think it needs to be all thought about in the in the context of Triple H losing power late twenty twenty you know late twenty twenty one, not being in control of NXT. I know his health issue coincided with that. Uh, but, but he was clearly, he lost some power before then. And, uh, Stephanie make, taking her leave of absence last May and then coming back as, uh, interim CEO and eventually co-CEO. Uh, and then, and then in the context of the, of the report from the business insider that said that, that Vince pushed her out because well, uh, I've, I've got to think that, that Vince is, is looking on and, and seeing, you know, that WWE seems to be doing okay without him and wants to be back in, in that spot. Um, I think it's worth noting too that Vince is at least financially doing very well. I mean, WWE has, uh, it's up about 12% since July 22nd, since he resigned. He's gone from, you know, on paper, his market value of, of, of the stock that he holds has gone from being worth about 1.9 billion to about 2.1 billion. He's still getting dividend payments. Presumably, he still has 28.7 million shares, which means he gets about every quarter, he gets about $3.4 million in dividend payments. So he's still making a lot of money. Um, another thing to think about here is that, well, WWE's probably not going to sell then if this is how he feels. Why would you relinquish your stock if, you know, the, 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 the entryway into you, you know, supposedly coming back is your stock? So I would not expect WWE to be sold anytime soon because he's the one who would have to approve of any sale. Do you look at this um, this report today? Does it change any of your opinion on how the um, the board of directors probe um, is viewed? Like it was, hey, we we did our due diligence. Did you look at that investigation as more so a a probe of finances? Are there any outstanding like dollars and cents here that are unaccounted for? Versus here is yet another allegation that comes through that without this reporting would would have gone unchecked. They said that they were going to investigate not just that part, but the company culture also. Um, but but there were no additional disclosures about what what exactly the board found, other other than the details about the payments. Um, so we have no information to to answer that question with. There hasn't been any media reporting to say, hey, uh, employees and talent have been briefed on such and such, and how the, you know the culture was this, and we need to make it something else. Have heard, have I've heard nothing about that. Nobody's reported anything about that that I know of. Um, so who's who's to say? I don't know. What what do you look at in terms of um, this particular report? And do you feel that the focus, kind of, of the larger media entities out there, will focus more so on like the the unavoidable palace intrigue that is involved in this paragraph about McMahon's uh, comeback plans versus the 
the allegations. Like I can certainly see a lot of people focusing more heavily on, you know, this, this, this power grab by Vince McMahon versus, um, you know, the, the uncovering of yet another allegation. And it's, it seems like there is always this kind of balancing act of what gets the attention versus what is kind of at, at the heart of, of this report. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, what's the bigger story that, that, that Vince, uh, sexually assaulted allegedly a, a, another person that we know of, or that he just wants to get back in power. I mean, it, the, the two things seem kind of intertwined to me is that this, this is a person who, if, if the allegations are true, has, has been on a series and, and who knows what this is. This may just be the tip of the iceberg in terms of, uh, you know, transgressions that Vince McMahon has, has been a part of throughout the decades in that this is a person who possibly, you know, just on, on a series of events uses his power to, to, you know, to get what he wants and exploit people if he has to. Um, and he's very used to having that power. And we've, sort of joked or speculated about what, what is Vince McMahon doing in the last few months, six months or so since he's not been the CEO of this company when uh, the, the, the story on him is that he just, he's constantly working and doesn't want to do anything but work. And, uh, you know, he's very unused to, to having this world where people are constantly moving around him to serve him and, and please him. And that's, it's gotta be, you know, it's got to be un, un, uncomfortable for him to not be in that position of being – of having that power. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't read anything into this, but it, it like just the sheer coincidence that you know since Vince McMahon um, – like the announcement was made in July, like he has pretty much not been acknowledged on WWE programming and it was very brief last night. But in this retrospective on Tribute to the Troops, it was – putting Vince McMahon on television and very much presenting him in a leadership role of addressing the troops when they had gone over to Iraq. And I, I cannot remember if they have, if you have seen, that was, I, didn't, I didn't know that that was on TV last night. That was on TV last night. Like it was just a video recap of mm-hmm. their history of the tribute to the troops, but there's Vince in the ring addressing everybody and just positioned as like our leader. And it's like, again, I believe that's just a coincidence, but it is interesting that, you know, he, he did not get some royal send off at the end. It was just, we are going to move on from Vince McMahon. They have been very like Paul Lebeck, Stephanie McMahon, obviously they have been very complimentary of Vince McMahon. And, and that has really echoed, I, I think as well, sort of the, the wrestler reaction to a lot of what has gone on with Vince McMahon. It is almost like, well, this stuff is not great, but man, he was great to me. And, you know, I, I can't say anything bad about the guy. I think that kind of passive opinion of, of Vince McMahon, I, I think it's really hard to sort of justify that when so many of these allegations are thrown out that at the very least, I think you have to, um, I, I think you have to apply some sort of, uh, Opinion here in such a way that is not so congratulatory towards the legacy of Vince McMahon as though this is just some bump in the road for his legacy and not something that is more defining. It seems like something especially, I don't know, peculiar to the wrestling business, right, where you would look past moral issues, even when it it involves rape and sexual assault, sort of look past that and to try to have the conversation without that being a part of it. And, well, it's just allegations, even though there's a mounting number of them. And that, well, look, look at you have to respect the, the the business. Wow, you have to respect him as a, as a business as a businessman. He had so much success, and uh, 
yeah, I think uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the what the documentary is like uh, this evening. I don't really know what to expect, but uh, maybe that will be a, a, a chance for the public to see a a, a different story than uh, than than they sometimes see in in various interviews with people who are who are still involved in the wrestling business. And I, th- I think maybe part of that motivation, and I think a lot of that motivation for uh, for protecting. The opinion of Vince, I've called like the, the last kayfabe, is that the pretending that Vince was still competent at his job creatively, and I guess now far beyond that was uh, w- was not someone necessarily worthy of moral criticism. Is that you know he's someone who is very much in power, and now the now that he's not in power, well his his daughter and son in law are in power, and you don't want to say anything that upsets them, so maybe that harms their you know their willingness to bring you back for for a payday for hall of fame whatever it might be the legends deal uh any kind of future job so there's there continues to be this you know this this care and sacredness that you have to to use towards mincic man i mean vice if you can say nothing else probably has the most appropriate title for a Vince McMahon documentary coming off of uh, at least his ambitions. Uh, it's The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon that airs tonight on Vice. Um, as I noted earlier today, up here in Canada, Vice programming all goes through the Crave streaming service. And Crave was telling me the doc will not be up on Crave tonight and they don't have um, a, a – date uh, or it's not been decided when that doc will go up. So in Canada, um, you might have to do some digging to uh, uncover this uh, Vince McMahon documentary. Uh, but Brandon Thurston was interviewed uh, for this documentary. Is Are you going in with any kind of um, expectations or, I mean, you certainly were privy to like the subjects that you were asked about, but it's two hours and it's probably going to mm-hmm. be the most in-depth investigation into Vince McMahon from a, you know, from a you know, this is an outside WWE project of going into all of this stuff. And they certainly, it seems like they spoke to a ton of people for this. I, I they gave me a list of, of topics to talk about that in advance to just to let me know, I guess, what they were going to get into. And I, I assume that that's something of a of a summary of, of what the outline was for the for the film at the time. And it's it's a good summary of, of his career and his life. Uh, everything from, you know, his history, uh, with his father, uh, and growing up where he grew up and his, you know, his coming to power in the WF and all through the nineties and the attitude era and the steroid trial. And, you know, they, they covered everything. I, I talked to them for, for two hours. I imagine I'll be in it for, you know, about uh, 45 seconds or so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. I I understand that they're going to use a lot of dark side of the ring f- footage also, but it, but obviously they did do some new interviews for it. All right. Well, we will be uh, chatting about that uh, Wednesday night. Uh, if Way and I can find this documentary, we are going to do our best, and we will chat about that on uh, on Wednesday night uh, for Post Wrestling Cafe members. Uh, Brandon, of course, you can catch all of his work. Patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. The Thursday Thirty drops every Thursday, and then WrestleNomics Radio Sundays uh, here at Post Wrestling. You can check it out with uh, Jesse Collings and Chris Gullo. And anything else uh, that, that's going on, Brandon, uh, we will have our, our raw ratings later today. Always yes. world stops at 4 p.m. Yes. M- many, many uh, scripts and programs that I've been writing to uh, to uh, better better report the ratings. Yes. Can't wait for the raw ratings to come out. 
Okay, probably a lot more on this report uh, coming up uh, from both our sites in the uh, in the days to come and discussing the Vince McMahon documentary. Brandon, thanks so much for jumping on for this special uh, breaking news alert. Maybe we will uh, develop a sound effect for uh, for future episodes uh, because it never stops going. But now uh, I am back to uh, to Baby Shark Land, so that's all for me. Brandon, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, thanks for having me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.